The following broadcast is brought to you by the friends and partners of Revival Ministries International. all the days of our life because that's who you are a good God and Lord in these finishing few minutes this morning I pray that the anointing of the Holy Ghost will permeate not only every person here but every person watching online that they would know that a good good God has great plans for their life and that as we follow you all of the days of our life we will say you led us through the fire you've always been faithful You've always been there, and you've always had a good plan. And, Lord, we will finish our race saying, hearing you say, well, good, thou, thou good and faithful servant. Very good. You've done it. You've run your race. You've obeyed me. You've lived for me. Lord, that's all we ask all the days of our life. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You may be seated. You know, I really shared quite a bit in that, that stewardship teaching of some things that I wanted to say in the second message. So I'm just going to kind of wrap this up a little bit. All I could think of these last couple weeks was what God has called our pastors to do and kept hearing. I've called him into the kingdom for such a time as this. Debbie, I've called all of you into the kingdom for such a time as this. And it brought up a, a very famous verse that we're all familiar with in Esther 4.14. As Mordecai says to her, For if thou altogether holdest thy peace at this time, then shall their enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. But thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed. And who knoweth whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this? How many know the devil wants to exterminate you? as he wanted to exterminate the Jews. And that's what COVID was about. That's what every, everything that some very wicked people are planning. If they had their way, they would exterminate us, our children, our grandchildren. They would squelch the voice of the church. And so there is always an enemy led by the devil who is out to get God's people. But there is always somebody or somebody's raised up in that hour where God says, no, you are the watchman on the wall. You are the one who will stand up and say, not on my watch, it won't happen. The Antichrist may come to his thing later, but right now we've got a job to do. And the church will rise up and be the spotless, victorious church without spot or wrinkle. We will not bend. We will not bow. And we've seen that with our pastor on every side. So Esther was born as an outsider. She didn't have a chance at this, becoming queen. Not only a Jew, but an orphan. And I want to add this to it. Her parents were killed at the expense of that empire. Who wants to become the wife of a king when they got rid of your parents? Talk about an uncomfortable mission. God, there must be somebody else you can get in this hour. And I'm not going to go into the hundreds of, of women that were in that little beauty wife contest. 
but I don't care how pretty she was, unless the hand and favor of God was upon her, she could not do this. And unless she was willing to sacrifice her life as she knew it now, you may say, well, what sacrifice would that be for an orphan? When you leave your nation, as Pastor Rodney and Donica did, I don't care how great America is, you're leaving your culture, your food, your family, everything you're used to. But you're saying, God, if this is my mission, I may have to be stretched. I may have to come out of my comfort zone. I may have to relearn a whole lot of things. But, Lord, I'm going to fulfill my mission. And I know deep down inside they knew you were called into the kingdom for such a time as this. Even when everybody made fun of them in South Africa, do you not know how many evangelists America has? 10,000. Well, then they'll have 10,001, won't they? Because I'm called to go there. He was called to revive the church, to get the lost saved, to get everybody operating in the book of Acts again, and to say, let's get this job done, and then we'll get out of here. Every place I go in the world, I don't care what country, what city, somebody comes up to me and says, you know I was touched in a Rodney Howard Brown meeting in this country 20 years ago, 11 years ago, 19 years ago. And you start hearing the scope of one touch, one night, as the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, they met up in a very intimate way with one touch from the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and they have never been the same no matter where they live. So he was called to get that kind of a touch and to pass it on to everyone else. That's what we're doing here. And we're called to pass it on to someone else. But Esther had to spend a lot of time in preparation. Just the beauty prep part took 12 months. And when I'm doing a women's conference, sometimes I get into the details of that. 12 months of being soaked with different kinds of oils. How come he doesn't get in a hurry? How can we take our time in worship? How can we take your time with people on the floor? How come he says, don't anybody touch them until God's finished with them? They're on the great surgeon's operating table. What is this all about coming in long services and people staying under the power of God? There is something about that oil not just kind of brushing by you, but soaking and permeating in you spirit, soul, and body till you're going, nothing is as important as this moment. You know, talk about preparation. A bride doesn't just go in the morning of her wedding and say, eh, I think I'll grab some old thing out of the closet. Just another day. You can tell how important the day is by the preparation people put in it. They work in that wedding for months to come out and it's over in 40 minutes. Lots of money, lots of clothing, not only for the bride, but for all the bridesmaids, for the groomsmen, everything. Why? Because it's important. We will sit at a doctor's office for two hours and you haven't even seen, you haven't even got into the room yet. Then you get in the room, the doctor will be in here in an hour or so. We will wait at the dentist's office. We will wait anywhere, but people want church in and out. Every time somebody says to me, so what time's your church service get over? I think, oh, here we go. It's not kind of what you're used to. <laughs> But there is something about the touch of the king. There is something about preparing for it. There's something about I'm going to get involved in worship before my hands are laid on me. I'm going to get involved in giving. I'm going to get involved in taking notes. I'm going to get involved in the amens. I'm going to get involved in every part. And, oh, God, if nobody else is getting anything, you and I are having a divine appointment with divine destiny this day. And I am not going to be moved until I get what I came for today. 
Don't short circuit the preparation. There are other women that were just content to get inside the palace and get all the gifts. You know, they were given kind of a carte blanche credit card. Pick out anything you want, get any jewelry you want, get any clothing you want for this night. But what did Esther say? I'm not just trying to collect a bunch of jewelry and stuff for my wardrobe and go home and say, look how rich I got while I was there. I'm not just after the gifts. I want his heart. I want his heart. So you tell me she was teachable. She listened to people at the top. She said, what is the king like? That's how I'm going to dress. Not my style, not what I like. What is the king like? Because she wasn't after. She wasn't one of the concubines who just said, well, just to be in the, in the palace and bragged all my friends and have the, the nice golden goblets and all the food at my disposal. She said, I want his heart. I have an assignment from God. I want his heart. You tell me what the king wants. And we are here. Somehow God thinks church is all about him. Isn't that strange? People think it's all about them. I wanted to start at this time, get out at this time. I don't really like blue for the carpet. They should have asked me what color I like. The worship team did not sing my top 10 list today, so I just can't really get blessed. There are songs that I can get into, songs I can't get into. Are you kidding me? God says church is all about me. You've come into my courts, and there is protocol. And even Pastor Rodney and Pastor Adonica and the whole team is having to learn a lot of protocol this week. Okay, here you're addressing an ambassador. Here it's a king. Here it's a chief. Here you bow. Here you just wave something. Here you stick your hand out. Here you, Because if you're going to get any respect from them, you've got to learn the protocol. And with this king, there were a lot of people. Man, he was ruthless. He ruled a ruthless kingdom. But there is protocol. There's lots of people coming to the palace every day, hollering their petitions. I want this. I want that. But Esther, if she can become queen, all she has to do on the pillow in that moment of intimacy is just whisper something. There is, and people say, how, how does that person get that favor? How are they getting to do that? I don't get how, the, I'm sure there are some people thinking today, how's she the one up here preaching? It's not because you stand and holler, I want this and I want that. And if I come there, hey, if I come to this church, do you have people with their doctorate degrees in the nursery? Do you have a good basketball team before I even come and visit? No, it's the people who say, I want the king. I have come to have an appointment with the king. And when I get into that secret chamber, I don't have to yell something. I don't have to make my wants known. All I have to do is whisper. All I have to do is whisper because I've got his heart and he is mine. And that's why they are in Africa today, because this is a team, not only Pastors Rodney and Donica, but I was looking at Pastor Eric there. I was thinking about his loyalty through the years and how much he's done. And I was looking at Pastor Ellen and thinking about his, and I was thinking, I, I, I can be them even from here. I can be Pastor Eric and Pastor Ellen getting off the plane going, God, look what you've done for me. Not because they're some big shot, but because I know their hearts. I get to see this. I was in Soweto and looking at those, you know, 100,000 or so people out there. And I'm sitting on the platform going, oh, God, when I was a little girl, I'd read, I'd read um, T.L. Osborne's magazine. My uncle got it. And I'd look at those big crowds of people in Africa and I'd say, oh, wouldn't that be something? And I'd say to my uncle and then to my grandpa, I'd sure like to see something like that once. Now I was sitting there on the platform in Soweto and I was just weeping, thinking, I can't believe, I'm looking at, I'm not reading T.L.'s magazine, I'm here. 
And I know that's what that team is doing right now. They're not going, oh, I got to come with Pastor Rodney. They're going, if I never got to come here, I would still serve you the way I serve you. I would still be so grateful to be a part of this awesome team. But oh, look what the Lord has done. Because God sees hearts that run after him, not the gifts of the kingdom. Not, I mean, thank God we have healing. Thank God we have prosperity. Thank God we have everything that we would be a fool not to go in for. But we didn't come to Jesus because, hey, you're going to give me a car if I give my life to you? Hey, you're going to give me a platform if I get? No, we come to him because we were on our way to hell and we were hopeless. But one moment of his blood and that name raised us out of the pit and put our feet on the rock to stay. And he's good and he's loving and he's faithful and he's true. And he's so, so, so holy and so awesome in every way. We came to him because of who he is. But people will look and go, how do they get favored? How do they get singled out? Oh, I didn't go after the bracelets. I didn't go after the dress. I went after the king. And when I went after the king, the king noticed that and said, here's somebody that doesn't just want church. They want Christ. They don't just want the kingdom. They want the king. They aren't just going after stuff. They're in love with Jesus, the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He wants our love. God prepared her for this moment. And she would have the heart of the king. Now I'm going to get straight to something else. While God is working out his plan, Haman is going to the top. Have you ever noticed that the devil always makes sure there's an enemy in our way? Whether it's the giants of Canaan's lamb, whatever it is. But a good sign of how much anointing is running through you and how much God's called you to do is how big the enemy he raises up in front of you. Are you going to become a coward and say, I can't do it because of this, the doctor's diagnosis. I can't do it because of the bank account. I can't do it because, oh, we live in a state where they're really going to bear down on us if I do a stand. Uh, I can't do it because I've got excuses over here and I've got excuses over there. But Haman's coming down. He built those big gallows thinking he would exterminate the Jews on him, including Esther, just because Mordecai wouldn't worship him. That, that's what makes people mad. That's what makes people mad that we will not bow down and worship to any government, any stupid mandate, anything coming out, any propaganda, anybody else's God. We won't bow to a, a dollar. Remember the, the story pastor has told that when he was first coming to the States, he's like, God, how come nobody ever gives me anything or, pastor, or partners with me? And a, a guy takes him out to dinner, wines and dines him with steak. And says, I've got $10,000 for you to take to America. Well, it's about time. Somebody's going to hook up with me. And then he goes, I just need you to take my son with you and let him preach. Pastor said, I can't do it. Don't need your money. He would not be bribed then. He won't be bribed today. I've had a few of those as well. And I've just said, no, I'll walk away. I don't know who would have taken it, but I'll walk away. Because I will bow to no one except the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And so... He's so mad that, that, you know, they won't bow to him and show him the respect he wants. So he's going to take out all the Jews, and you know the rest of the story. Esther says, you know what? I'm not going to just bombard my husband with, I'm upset. He's trying to kill us. He's, no, there is a time to just, when you come before the king, instead of listing a bunch of needs, just say, I just want to lavish you. That's what Mary did with the alabaster box. I just want to give you a dinner. I'm going to bring this on my turf. It's not going to be fought any other way. I'm going to lavish you. I'm going to love on you. I'm going to feed you what you want. 
And then later that night, of course, we're racing through this story, but I think most people know it. The king couldn't sleep. When you lavish the Lord with your worship, the Bible says he never slumbers nor sleeps. Esther needed a miracle. Even after the banquet, she was no closer to them being rescued. Than she. Have you ever felt like you obeyed God, did everything? Like, Lord, I thought we'd have a miracle by now. I look no closer to it than I did a day ago or a week ago or a month ago. But the night isn't over yet. Have you ever needed one of those, those special nights, one of those special days where the angels in heaven intervene on your behalf and it looks like it's not happening, but the king can't sleep. Somebody has lavished me. Somebody has fed me what I wanted. I am so full of her love and her lavishness. Something is wrong. I got to check the books. God is keeping track of the books. He's watched everything you and I have done or said or believed for or prayed for or stood in the gap for. He has watched how we have helped others. He has watched it all. And I don't care who says we're coming down. God checks the books. Oh, we've missed something here. And the same gallows that Haman thought he was going to exterminate the Jews on. You know, when you got a lot of pride and you build a monument for yourself, God says, you're coming down on the very thing that you're trying to show off with. And, of course, he was the one hung on the gallows. And, of course, the king issued the decree that uh, the Jews could defend themselves and destroy their enemies, and they did. Oh, that's the shortened, uh, most shortened version of that story I've ever given in my life. But some lady earlier took up all my time. <laughs> so, when you have come to worship the king, there will be an enemy or two. But when you say, I'm keeping my eyes fixed on the king, right across, other people will sit at the table and they're just enjoying all the stuff and laughing and talking. My eyes are fixed on the king. That's the heart I've come to get. That's the heart. And why do you think this whole story is in here? Just as some nice love story? No. You and I were brought into the kingdom for such a time as this. The time to stand. You've heard pastors say other things are coming down the pike. The stuff they've planned. The church of the Lord Jesus Christ, the true church of the Lord Jesus Christ, shall rise up and stand. A whole lot of people, a whole lot of pastors, and a whole lot of churches failed that first little test. But oh... I don't care what's coming down the pike. We have a leader. I keep coming back to that. That not only tells us ahead of time what's happening, but it's not good enough to say, oh, things are bad out there. Oh, woe is me. And everybody crying, you know, the sky is falling on us. We've got one who says, I've got the solution. We have enough power. We have enough blood. We have enough of the word. We have enough of the name of Jesus Christ. We have two-thirds of the innumerable angels on our side. We have everything. We have the anointing of the Holy Ghost. We have the glory. We we have, we've read the end of the book. We know what happens. We're on the winning side. Our Lord made a spoil of the enemy triumphing over him in it. We are seated with Christ Jesus in heavenly places and the devil's under our feet. He not only tells us what's happening, he tells us about the pushback we're coming out to give. You and I, you might have, I don't know if anybody thought, oh God, why did I have to be born when there's a COVID? Are you kidding? What would you have rather had? The bubonic plague? <laughs> the Middle Ages? Uh, you know, whatever it is. Or when TB was sweeping the land? No, you and I are called to go, mm, 
I don't care what mandate you give, I've got a higher one to forsake not the assembling of ourselves together and so much more as we see the day approaching. I don't care what you order me to do. We won't bend and we won't bow. We only serve the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Now this church, help me very quickly, Lord. How many remember when a number, well, it was right after I got home off my Europe trip. So that was a, when I saw those faces come on pastor's face, I heard this as well. I don't want you to think I walk around seeing a bunch of stuff and hearing a bunch of stuff. No, I don't usually. <laughs> These are rare exceptions, but I'm going to tell him because it's so very real. How many heard, if you've been around for a while, we used to hear pastors say, I don't know what's wrong with me. I don't see anything. I don't hear anything. People see devils. They see angels. They see the Lord Jesus. They see, I don't see anything. Well, how many know when that fiery whirlwind of a tornado, that holy tornado came into his room? And you know to this day, as many times as he tries to tell it, he can't really get it out. But that day when I, that last day when I saw those faces come on his face, I heard the Lord say, since that tornado came in his room, he's going to begin to see and to hear in that realm. You'll be hearing of it a lot. And he said, I have things and surprises. <laughs> you just better be ready. And I thought, wow, do I tell him that too? And then that night after the Lord spoke that to me, I heard pastor say, Remember when he said, I was driving around the pavilion today, and I looked, and I saw all the white, and it was like the angels of heaven. And I thought, oh, if I tell him now, he's going to think, oh, sure, you heard me say that. that. But I already had told my assistants that day before he said that. Here's what I heard the Holy Ghost say. You watch. We're going to start hearing pastors say he sees things, hears things, and that night we did. Now, I'm not telling you this to lift him up. I'm telling you this for a reason. <laughs> When you've got somebody that has the heart of the king, and that's all he wants, and that's all his wife wants. They didn't ask for a big fancy church. <laughs> they didn't even want to do a church. Didn't ask to be well known. They just wanted to see souls saved. But now God keeps promoting and promoting and promoting. And when you've got somebody at the helm that says, I really don't care what people think of me, and he's proven that. I don't care if we're honored or not honored. I, there's only one heart I want to honor. But when he's got the heart of the king like that and begins to see and hear in that realm, we better be very attentive in the next few months and the next few years if Jesus tarries. Because I'm telling you, heaven, heaven will open to a man or woman of God who says, come hell or high water. We're going to take the promised land and occupy till he comes, and we're going to be the church of the Lord Jesus Christ and do whatever he's called us to do. And the Lord was just showing me this week how everything they're doing in these countries, I was just sitting and weeping. Everything they're doing in these countries isn't because, let's plan a trip to Africa. Let's do something big. Has anybody ever done an Airbus? Let's do that. No, it wasn't like that at all. The reason they're over there doing these things is because he has spent hours before God saying, Lord, I don't care what preacher makes fun of me. I don't care what books they write about me. I don't care how persecuted I am or arrested on television all over the world and people think I'm some heretic. I don't care. I only care about this, you and your kingdom and your touch and the same touch that you touched me with. I want everybody to be touched with that same way. And when you've got the 
heart of the king. The king says, come on in. You are born into the kingdom for such a time as this to halt every plan of the enemy and to see the church be the church. That's where we are in time, folks. Now, I want everybody here to look in your own heart and say, God, how did I even get here? Some of you might have stumbled into it. Maybe a friend asked you to come. I think about where I was in Alaska and how I almost didn't go because of those icy roads. How, what are we even doing here? But the same way that Pastor Rodney was called out, you may not realize it, but you have been called by the living God to do the end-time bidding of the Lord. You are his ambassadors, full of the Holy Ghost, full of the Word of God, full of the gifts of the Holy Ghost, full of his healing power, full of his delivering power. You in this hour are God's answer to this mess out here. And we are an army being trained up by a five-star general. So you don't say to the five-star general, I like this kind of chair. I like to be outside today. I'd re general, I don't do tanks. I like to be in dishing out the food to the other soldiers. You don't say that to a five-star general. You say, outside, yes, sir. Inside, yes, sir. Extra prayer meeting all night, yes, sir. Out on the streets again, yes, sir. Give an extra to take the nations for Jesus and to build something that the kings and presidents can come to? Yes, sir. Being stretched? Yes, sir. For such a time as this. We aren't ordinary people. Maybe you figured that out by now. You may say, well, lady, I think I'm in the wrong church. I just want to be an ordinary person. You let God touch you and you can't ever be ordinary ever again. People can see it. They can smell it. You've been with him. You're branded with him. I see Jesus in your eyes. I hear Jesus on your lips. Too late, you're here. <laughs> and the branding iron has already gone out. You are marked with the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. You are marked nation shaker. You are marked water walker. You are marked fire starter. You are marked soul winner. You are marked devil caster outer. You are marked healing in your hands person. You are marked with the goodness of God. And you're here because all your life, he's been faithful and he's walked you through the fire and now you're here. Get ready, get ready, get ready. Either put a seatbelt on or take it off. I don't know which way to say. Because get ready. Because this, <laughs> this, I say by the Holy Ghost, what we're seeing in, in Africa right now, this <laughs> is only the beginning. When pastor called this morning, he said, Debbie, you know they made me a chief. I said, yes, I know that. And he said, oh, it's so weird. I walk in and people are bowing to me and stuff. He said, people in America don't even understand authority. He said, but it's just odd. It's weird. And I thought, I didn't say anything. I thought to myself, oh, you better get used to it. The kings and presidents of all the nations will be coming here. Even when they got their house, God told them something about that. You need a place where the kings and the presidents and the prime ministers will be coming. Like a, a, a war room strategy place. You and I are in that army. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. 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 And just... In just a few minutes, we are going to receive the Lord's Supper. 
And we have people calling in as they should be from all over the world, Vancouver, Canada with prayer requests. And people with, I, I was just reading here, incredible testimonies of people that called in last week for jobs and they got it. Somebody's son was in a car wreck and he's completely healed now and got a house to live in. And New York City and Indiana and Boston, Massachusetts, another uh, uh, they had an emotional breakthrough. They had a healing and had two jobs provided. Hallelujah. Another Massachusetts, Hollywood, Florida. We have uh, Georgia, Alabama, South Carolina, New York again. People calling from all over California again. If I was living in California, I'd be calling in a bunch of prayer requests. <laughs> Michigan, Kentucky. Another Massachusetts, people who need financial breakthrough. This is why we got to keep preaching it. People who need healing, Texas, New Jersey, Massachusetts, Brandon, Florida. I live a long way away, can't make it there to be. No, it doesn't say that. It is Brandon, Florida. <laughs> it's kind of like the days of the voice of healing. I couldn't make it to the meeting, to the healing meeting. I didn't feel good. I heard you had a joy meeting, but I was kind of depressed. I couldn't come. But right now, we're going to believe the healing power of God goes through the cameras, goes through, just like it came through that telefilm wire when I got the call about Pastor Rodney and hit me in the face. The glory came through the wires. We're going to believe it goes out in the atmosphere right now. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus, thankful for these people who are watching from all over the country and from other nations. And Lord, we thank you that your healing power touches them. It touches them in Canada. It touches them all over the United States. Lord, for, for answers to provision, for Holy Ghost breakthrough in these areas. Lord, for jobs, for wayward children to come back. Lord, we thank you that broken backs are healed in Jesus' name. That cancer has to go in Jesus' name. That blood is made clear and whole in Jesus' name. Lord, that arthritis leaves joints in Jesus' name. Jesus name. We thank you, Lord, that sugar diabetes goes and blood sugar is normal and the pancreas is working as it should. We thank you that high blood pressure goes down and it is a normal blood pressure. People who are hypoglycemic glycemic, for that blood sugar to come up. Lord, we don't care what the problem is. We just said the enemy tries to come up and stop our breakthrough. But oh, you're bigger. And with the stripes of Jesus, they were healed. So therefore, they are healed. And we thank you, Lord, that even as there are many praise reports in this pile, that next week there shall be a whole bunch of new praise reports of when you prayed last week, I got my breakthrough. God came right in and did everything I needed him to do. And we give you all the praise and all the glory in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Right before we go to the Lord's table, I'm going to ask everybody to bow your head and close your eyes. Again, I don't know a lot of people here today. And this is also for those of you watching online. This good God that we just sang about. All my life you have been faithful. I don't care what you have faced. You're here or you're listening. Because God brought you through. He's good. He has a good plan for your life. And there could be people here who say, you know, I've known him in the past. 
but the things of the world began to call out to me and, and I just started flirting with the world or perhaps you got hurt somewhere. Maybe you went through a sudden divorce. Maybe you went through bankruptcy, the loss of a business. Maybe a good friend or a relative betrayed you and you said, I was so hurt that I, I shouldn't have, but I just went out and started trying to drink it away or substance abuse it away or got into the wrong relationship. And I know God's been calling me. He's still been good to me. He's still been so good and faithful. And just like the prodigal son of old, the father always stood at the gates and, oh, one of these days my, my son's coming home. He was, wasn't waiting to beat him up or drop a gavel on his head and say, you failed. He was waiting to put the robe on his back and the ring on his finger, saying, my son or daughter who was lost has come home. And God is looking to and fro throughout this entire auditorium today, up in the balconies to the very back. He's looking at you in your home who are watching by way of the internet or social media today. And he's saying, come on, come home. I just want to bless you. You heard the testimonies today. I'm good all the time. I'm never bad. I never steal from you. The enemy does that. I have come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. I want to wash your sin away as far as the east is from the west by my blood. And I will remember it no more. And so this morning, even as I gave a large part of my testimony earlier, and you said, could God have done all that for that lady? Lady, weren't you mad? Weren't you beat up? And oh, yeah. I suppose I could have been one of those women who said, I'm going to go drink this away or whatever. But I knew that my God had nothing to do with it and that he wanted to pull me out of this mess and he wanted to bless me and he wanted to just show me his goodness. And he did. So I don't care what's happened to you in life. You never run from God. You run to God. So all over this auditorium today, both on the floor and up in the balconies, I want to ask you this. Who would say, first of all, if Jesus came right now and the way the prophecies are being fulfilled, he could any moment. We could see those eastern skies open up and Jesus come for us. Or what if you breathed your last breath? I never even told this part, but in 2006, I had a major pulmonary embolism threaten my life where in one moment I was perfectly healthy and the next moment I couldn't get one breath. And they said in the ambulance I would die. They said in the helicopter I would die. They said at the hospital I would die. They said I'd never preach again, even if I survived, never fly again. They were wrong. In three weeks, we were flying all over the world because my God is a healer. But this part I'll never forget. One moment I could breathe, and the next moment I had no breath. What if in the next moment you had no breath? Do you know for sure where you will spend all of eternity? If you say, I'm not sure, but I want to make sure today, I want you to lift your hand quickly anywhere in this auditorium. Just put it up quickly. We want to pray with you all over this auditorium, including the balcony up there. Just stick that hand up quickly and say, yes, I want to give my life to Jesus today. I'm tired of running. Today is my day. Thank you. There are others. There are others. This is, this is the main part of this service. Jesus came to seek and save those that are lost. He wants to give you life and life more abundantly. Keep those hands up after you've lifted them for just a moment. I'm going to ask this question with it. Perhaps you have said the sinner's prayer, maybe as a child, maybe as a teenager. But again, life happened, like what we were talking about. And you know you're not right with him today. And he's calling you back home. And he's saying, come home and rededicate your life. He's talking to you. 
this service was designed for you right now. I want you too to lift your hand and say thank you for asking that one too. I'm coming home. I'm coming all the way back to Jesus today in Jesus' name. Lift those hands up quickly. Anywhere in this, yes, I see those hands going up. Yes, I see those. God's talking to people in the balcony. I can feel it. I do this day and night. I know when he's dealing with people. Don't be ashamed. Nobody's going to wonder what you're doing. They're all going to rejoice like the angels in heaven that you have just been honest with God and said, I'm coming home today. Put those hands up quickly. All right, I'm going to ask one more. Maybe you say the devil's always tormenting me, telling me I'm not saved. And so sometimes I'm not sure if I am or I'm not. We're going to put that lie of the enemy to death today. And you're going to know that you know that you know that you're born again and on your way to heaven. So who would lift your hand on that one saying, I'm tired of this battle. I want to know for sure today. Thank you for asking that one. Put that hand up quickly. Yes, I see, I see some hands. Thank you, Jesus. All right, I'm going to ask everyone who lifted your hand or those of you who should have to come now. In Jesus' name, it's not too late. Come. We'll wait as you come down from the balconies. We'll wait for you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Can you help me? Do we still have more coming from the balconies? Thank you, Lord Jesus. We're waiting. Come. Come. No turning back. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I'm going to ask you all. They're still coming. You can go ahead and come. I'm going to ask those of you already up here to lift your hands toward heaven where our help comes from. Yes, come. Come to Jesus. He'll wait, so we'll wait. If you were the only one today, he would have given his life just for you. So this is so important. The most important thing of the day. Thank you, Lord. And what an awesome opportunity to get to look at faces that in one moment are going to be brand new brand new. As you lift these hands toward heaven where our help comes from, it doesn't come from man or woman. It comes from God Almighty. I want you to pray this prayer out loud with me. Father God, I come to you in the name of Jesus, your son, who left heaven and came to this earth because he loved me. And Lord, he went to the cross 
and bore my sin and shed his blood for me and died on the cross for me. And your Bible says that on the third day, you raised him from the dead where he lives forever as king of kings and lord of lords. And your Bible says that if I believe this in my heart, that Jesus Christ came in the flesh and died for me and was raised for me and is alive forevermore. And I confess that with my mouth that I shall be saved or born again. And your Bible also says, if I have sinned and I confess that sin, you are faithful and just to forgive me and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. So on this day, I ask you to forgive me of my sin. Wash me in your blood. Give me a brand new heart. Take out the stony heart and put in a soft heart of flesh. And I will live for you all the days of my life as a Christian, which means Christ-like. I run from the world to you, Jesus, and I won't look back. Create in me a hunger, a spiritual hunger for the things of God, for your spirit and for your word. And I will tell everybody what you've done for me, that you want to do for them. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for coming into my heart. Thank you for brand new life. I will never be the same in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. The Bible says all the angels in heaven are rejoicing and throwing a party over you right now. We welcome you into the kingdom of God. And we're going to ask you right now, if you would follow, if you would follow Pastor Jason back here, and he, we're going to bless you with a gift from our pastor just for a few minutes. If you will just turn this way and follow Pastor Jason. Let's just thank the Lord as they go. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. This program has been brought to you by the friends and partners of Revival Ministries International in Tampa, Florida. For more information on the ministry of Drs. Rodney and Adonica Howard Brown or for additional resources, visit Revival.com.